This is The Record. I'm Ross Reynolds. Today, we're taking a closer look at District 5. That's the North End Seattle seat on the city council. The candidates in alphabetical order, Sandy Brown, former pastor at Seattle's First United Methodist Church. He's worked on reducing gun violence. He was a founding member of the Committee to End Homelessness in King County. And Deborah Juarez, a member of the Blackfeet Nation. She's also a former public defender and King County Superior Court Judge. Thanks to both of you for stopping by. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ross. Now, we're going to talk about District 5, and we're going to talk about growth and change. But first of all, just wanted to ask each of you, how has the rapid growth and change in Seattle affected you personally? Deborah Juarez? Well, that's a really good question because, um, as I said before, I've lived in Seattle for 30 years, and five, and the last 25 I've been in the North End in five different neighborhoods as a homeowner and a renter, and that's where I raised my kids. How the growth has affected me the most is transportation. It's taken from 10 minutes to get downtown to sometimes 25. Sometimes it's taken me 50 minutes to even get to Safeco Field from the North End. Um, it's affected me in that with transportation and lack of infrastructure. My daughter was hit by a car when she was seven. And when I went back and looked, there's a um, crosswalk there now, but there's still no sidewalks. Um, and the other part is with the growth, um, we've had more people come up north without the services. So we see more people and more crimes on Aurora, North Gateway, and Lake City. And I think those are the issues that I've seen in the last 25 years. Sandy, how about you? How, how have you personally noticed the changes we've gone through with growth? Well, I would certainly agree with Deborah. A lot is around transportation. I moved here with my family 50 years ago. I was seven years old. And when I was in college, I was a delivery driver for a blueprint company in downtown Seattle. I used to know every single building in Seattle that had an architecture office in it. And I could drive there and know exactly where to park in a Volkswagen Beetle, which was how we got around. And the city is so much more bigger. It's so much dense. It is, did I say more bigger? It's so much bigger. It's more dense. It's um, a little bit more chaotic and it's much harder to get around. Those secret ways that I used to get around in a delivery car, uh, they're really not available anymore. We're having a much tougher time moving people. At the same time, Seattle is much more vibrant and the music scene, the nightlife scene, is much more than what I remember uh, when I was growing up here. Favorite local band? Made of Boxes. It's my son's band. <laughs> How did Deborah, you know? <laughs> Deborah, do you have a favorite local band? No, I don't, and I'm really sorry. I know I got compared to Rihanna. I just don't pay attention to some of that <laughs> stuff. I really feel bad. I want to Someone said say you, you, I, I used to own a Sub Pop t-shirt. I was pretty proud of that. Someone said you look like Rihanna? <laughs> no, they said that. I can't remember what it was about. but um, it, it, It's not repeatable, I, I think, on <laughs> okay. uh, All right. radio. Thank you, Sandy. Now, yeah. you're running to represent District 5 in North Seattle. It goes from the water on either side of Seattle. Um, you've been talking to a lot of voters there, obviously. Sandy Brown, what do you think is the number one concern for the North End, and what would you do to address it? You know, I have talked to a lot of voters, and it's been a fabulous process. I think I am right now at 12,600 doors uh, since February, plus 300 businesses. I've walked about 400 miles through three pairs of shoes as I've talked to people along the way. And what I've heard as the top priority is surprising. It's actually public safety. And especially in those precincts that are near to Aurora, we hear people worried about property crimes, worried about uh, sort of, I guess they would call it vagrancy, slow response time by the police force, which we all know is understaffed. 
And so it's surprising to me that property crimes is ahead of the list, especially when people would, from the outside, say that sidewalks is our most important thing. Is this a perception or is this a reality? If you look at the stats, is there really a crime problem there? Even as we look at the stats, there is a crime problem there. There's been an increase in the North Precinct in violent crime of about 17% over the last quarter. And as you compare North Seattle to other parts of Seattle, we are the capital of property crimes. But we have seen a movement of people with drug issues, prostitution, and so on in North Seattle, I think in particular after the nine and a half block strategy in downtown. So even the neighborhood activists, even the city neighborhoods department has told us that they see the Aurora Corridor as being uh, much more plagued by crime than other neighborhoods in Seattle. Okay, Sandy Brown, you're a city council member. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to really work hard on the Seattle Police Department. So SPD, when we think of issues around SPD right now, we think of use of force. Indeed, that's a big issue. We've got to get through the consent decree. We've got to make sure that we have changed how we're relating to the public in terms especially of how we're using force. That's a given. But we also need to increase the staffing level of SPD. So we have about 300 officers ready for retirement. We get about 80 officers through the state police academy every year. And that means we're going to likely go down a little bit before we can go up. So we've got to work very hard to get those numbers up. I'm in favor of a locally run police academy so that we can get the numbers to where they need to be. It's been budgeted for, but none of the last three mayors has been able to succeed in getting the count up for SPD. I'm talking to the candidates for the District 5 City Council seat, and I want to ask about your top priority, Deborah Juarez, based on people you've spoken to. But first, I'd like to get your reaction to what Sandy Brown had to say. He said, for him, it was public safety. Sandy's right, and we both have been doing this for a while now and knocking on doors and visiting community groups. Um, public safety is, of course, a very important issue, but I think what I've learned and what I've what I've seen in the 25 years in the neighborhood. Um, yes, we've been without sidewalks for 61 years. We are don't want to be referred to as a land of no sidewalks. I agree with Sandy that it isn't so much the infrastructure. What I think a lot of it depends on is what neighborhood you're in. One thing about our district, which I really like is that it's about 13 square miles. It's about 90,000 people. And we have about half renters and half homeowners. And so you will get a different response on Aurora where we've met with community groups about public safety, uh, crimes to themselves, crimes to their property, people stealing packages, infrastructure runoff. And then as you get down Northgate Way, what you'll find is people are concerned about economic vitality, that the North End needs to be vibrant, that we need to have, um, that we're zoned for more commercial use. And that's why I'm really disappointed that we are, and we're going to keep trying for that pedestrian bike bridge to connect across I-5 to North Seattle College. And then, of course, when you get further towards the lake, you know, the issues are a little bit different. People are worried about the traffic safety on Aurora and Lake City Way, which are both dangerous state highways. So um, it's kind of hard to say the number one because we are, um, I think we're the largest district and I-5 splits us completely in half. And so you'll see some different interests somewhere. But I think that's the beauty of the district system is we can address all those. Okay, pick one and tell us how you would deal with it, Deborah Ours. It could, see this, it could be public safety, the same one we just heard Sandy Brown talk about, or it could be another one. I think for me, it's going to be transportation. It's really going to be pushing hard to make sure that the North End's needs are met and that we advocate, because I think we've seen for too long that our needs have not been met. Of course, there's transportation, housing, and economic vitality, but transportation being first and foremost, because people in the North End have to rely on public transit to get downtown and to go north. And we want to be connected with um, ST3 and that um, transit spine. We want to be transit rich. We are looking at transit-oriented housing, transit-oriented development, but we're being mindful 
mindful of um, displacing people and what that means in the long term. And so if you look at what Seattle's been doing from growth management to Peter Steinbeck's um, report to the neighborhood reports to the pedestrian bike reports, you see this continual thread where we want connectivity, where we want walkability, because we're talking about safety. So if I had to pick one, it would be transportation and safety. Having a transportation system and a safety system and an infra- infrastructure system that's hierarchical, that focuses on safety for children, high density areas, areas for where our elders live, um, high density areas where we have commerce, and also freight mobility. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for people. Well, this is a good lead-in to my next question. Deborah Juarez and Sandy Brown are with me. They're running for the North Seattle slot on the Seattle City Council. Um, Transportation is also going to be a big issue on the ballot. Uh, The city is asking voters to approve a $930 million levy. As I recall, both of you support that. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Sandy Brown, let me ask you about this. Why do you support it, and what's it going to provide your constituents if they approve this a much larger transportation levy than we've had in the past. Well, a couple of things people, I think, don't always remember when they think about this levy. And the first is that we have about a $1.6 billion gap in the maintenance needs for a transportation system right now. In other words, if we had $1.6 billion, we would spend it all on repairing bridges and other kinds of problems that we have in our transportation structure. So the idea of the scale of this being $930 million is not really out of line. In fact, we'd have to say it's probably not enough to meet the maintenance needs that we have. Second thing to consider is that we're limited in our ability to tax because of I-747 and the 1% property tax increase lid. So that is always going to mean that we are being pushed in comparison to inflation as a city. All municipalities in state of Washington are facing that. So if our needs increase 10%, doesn't matter. We only get a 1% increase in our property taxes. So we are going to have to continually come to the voters and ask for additional levies in order to fund important things like our transportation infrastructure. So the $930 million, it's, uh, it's going to meet as much of the need as we can. We've got to pass it because the need is so great. In terms of what it will provide to people in the various different neighborhoods, it does provide some sidewalks in North Seattle. I really like how the mayor has said we can maybe get about 250 blocks of sidewalks rather than just the 150 that are in the Move Seattle plan if we are creative in the technology that we use for that. I like the uh, funding of safe routes to schools. I like the funding for the bicycle master plan. All those are very positive things. And a key piece as well is there's $10 million in there for the Northgate pedestrian Uh, bike bridge that would come from the Northgate station. So that's an important piece of funding in order to make sure that we're building out the light rail system the way we need to. Well, how about this uh, move Seattle levy? It's expensive. And as Sandy just mentioned, we still have a pretty big backlog of maintenance to be done. Critics of this plan say that backlog grew, tripled since the last time we voted for a levy. How can we be sure that spending $930 million is really going to deal with our maintenance backlog? Well, I think we have to know that Bridge the Gap, we we anticipated what the need would be, and then we anticipated, and our leadership did, that it was going to cost more. And so I think that's why it went up to $930 billion, or 30, I'm sorry, yeah, million. (laughs) I think what we need to focus on first is what our value system is here, that we want to be transit rich, that we want to reduce our carbon, if you will, footprint. And so Seattle, like any city, like any government, you know, your budget have to, has to reflect your values. And so when we look at that, we know that the mayor's plan is focusing on um, congestion and safety and maintenance. We know that we have the pedestrian bike bridge, and I think it's $15 million set aside for that. Um, okay, 
Um, so I was looking at it today, what what the costs were, and we're not in that. We're in. The, we're not gonna. We didn't make it in the Tiger Grant this time, but I think we need to keep our eye on the prize in that our light rail station will open up in 2021. So we have about six years to plan. I'm hoping that um, we look, when we look at the mayor's Moose Seattle plan, when we look at when you pull out actually in the plan and you look what we're um, anticipating for District 5, besides the pedestrian bike bridge, um, we're also looking at um, the ST3 and that second stop on 130th, I believe. But getting back to your original question, if we're focusing on congestion, safety, and maintenance, um, I think the mayor and I think the people that put this together, and I today I was looking at the budget more closely and how it was broken down um, and how much money um was not we were not in the package for the money for the Tiger Grant. Um, I think that we can do this, and I don't think we're asking much, considering that Seattle is in the middle of an economic boom, we're the second largest growing city. Um, it makes no sense for us, and I've been saying this on the campaign trail. Seattle is a big city with big city problems, so you have to pay for that kind of prosperity. And you know, you don't always pay for that kind of prosperity by just pouring cement. Sometimes you have to pay by planning. You have to look at alternative means of transporting goods and people and commerce. But you often have to keep in mind um, what our value system is and what we want. We want people to live here and we want people to work here and we want to invite business to come here. I want to follow up on one of your last points there, housing. It, a lot of people can't afford to live mm-hmm. here anymore. The mayor, along with a lot of cons- uh, different interest groups, have come up with a pretty broad-ranging house afford- housing affordability plan. If you were elected, Deborah Juarez, will you embrace everything that's in that program and work to get enacted? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone can. I think it's a miracle that they got 28 people in a room and produced a 75-page report with 65 recommendations. I think there's some really good ones in there that have legs. I think there's some that, you know, we're going to have to go back and forth on. Give us one of each. One of them that you think is good, one of them that you would really question. Well, I like it that we want to increase our bonding capacity. I like it that we want to explore. That's our ability to borrow money. To borrow money. I I, I like it that we want to look at our ability to expand um, um, some of our community and neighborhoods, but at the same time, and I'm not using coded language here, maintain the character. I like that we have provisions in there for tenants' rights, for the homeless, um, that we're looking at chronic homelessness and what that means. And the hollow plan, as you know, is about housing affordability and livability, and I think it addresses some of the issues of livability. What would you be against in the hollow plan as it exists now? Well, you know, there are nine recommendations in there that they did not agree on. If you look in the back, you can see how people voted, which I thought were very interesting. Um, I don't think that um, you should upzone in areas and put in triplexes and duplexes in certain single-family neighborhood zoning. Um, I think we need to be cognizant and be honest, and I'm really proud of this city for being brave, that we look at our past and see how we got where we are today, and that HALA really is a blueprint for the future about how we're going to plan for tomorrow, knowing how many people are coming into this region. Sandy Brown, how about you? Do you embrace all of the recommendations in the HALA report or some of them? Well, as the campaign has gone on, I think that Deborah and I have uh, clearly agreed on lots of the recommendations. And the ones that I specifically point to that I think are good are the commercial linkage fee, although I wouldn't mind if that had been a higher amount. Also, the mandatory inclusionary zoning. I think that probably should be in the 20% range, not in the average about 7% range. Uh, I like the fact that we are working in the lower end of the uh, area median income uh, by doubling the housing levy next year. I think that's a good thing. I think in addition to that, we probably should have seen a way that we could focus on using surplus city properties in order to be able to build more subsidized housing. You don't see enough of that in the plan? I don't. And I think that that's going to be a key for us because everything under 
about 60% of area median income has got to be subsidized. And one of the great things the city can do to subsidize it is to allocate uh, surplus land. And we actually have a surprisingly large amount of that. I think an area that um, Deborah and I agree on that maybe gets the ire up of the urbanists is on the upzone of single-family neighborhoods. So I've been through a lot of uh, conversations with people that say, you know, we're already concerned about how our neighborhood looks, how we're losing trees, how we have odd structures that are coming in, you know, like mega mansions of 3,500 to 4,000 square feet in our neighborhoods. Do we really want to see triplexes and duplexes there as well? And I believe it's important to stick to the plan, which the Growth Management Act is saying, let's build the density in urban villages and hub-urban villages. Let's do it along transit corridors so we have transit-oriented development. And in northeast and northwest Seattle, we have lots of neighborhoods that are a long way from any kind of transit at all. So it doesn't make sense to put additional density in those places. Let's do it where there are good transit connections. Before we get away from it, a a quick question for you, Deborah Juarez. The mayor has come up with a plan to do less expensive sidewalks. You both mentioned sidewalks. I didn't have to bring it up. (laughs) Do you support the mayor's plan to do less expensive, perhaps less durable sidewalks? Yes or no? You know, no. Okay. A clear difference then. And this is my next question. You don't support those less expensive sidewalks. Sandy said that he did. But overall, what lasting impression would you like people to have from this interview, Sandy Brown, about the difference between you and Deborah Juarez that means they should vote for you? Lasting difference is I've presented plans in the areas of pedestrian safety for sidewalks. I've presented specific and concrete things to get us there. That's one reason why I support the mayor's plan for new technology on sidewalks. I think that'll help us. It'll also help us with drainage issues because the more we can do in bioswales, rain gardens and such off sidewalks, the better we're going to do with some of the drainage problems that we have in North Seattle as well. These are issues that are related to each other, sidewalks and drainage. Second thing is I've also presented a specific plan around public safety, and that's a difference for us. So I want the people of North Seattle to know that their representative has actually listened to them and has come up with plans that are going to make a difference. And by the time we're four years into my reign, my rule in office, my uh, term of office, uh, I'd love it if it were a reign, it'd be great. Um, But in my term of office, I want to come back and say, we have got concrete uh, improvements in North Seattle by virtue of electing Sandy Brown in this district. Deborah Juarez, what big difference do you see that makes you feel as though you should reign rather than your opponent? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to reign, but I do have a crown. Um, let me just say this, and I think it's really important. You know, I keep harping about I've been in Seattle for 30 years, and I ended up in the North End for 25 years in five different neighborhoods and raising my children there. I think when you live in a neighborhood for 25 years, it's a choice. And when you live there, you grow up there. Your kids grow up there. I know every one of these streets. I've lived through the growth, Thornton Creek daylighting, how Northgate Way has changed, what's gone on in Lake City. Um, I've been involved in my community in understanding how it grows. But more importantly, unlike Sandy, I have experience in working of, for 30 years in many levels of government of getting things done. I've actually built bridges. I've built community centers. I've built hospitals. Yes, I've built casinos and convention centers as well, but that's infrastructure. That's what you do. You build. I also understand economic vibrancy and what it means in relationship to how you want your city or your community to look and how that translates from a vision to brick and mortar. Um, And also, I've been successful. I've been successful in in the public sector, and I've been successful in the private sector. I started out as a public defender, legal services, a 
judge and working for two governors and then working at a law firm where I focused on economic development in under underrepresented communities. And finally, more importantly, I think, is that this is my district. This is my home. Um, and I would not have run for office. And I've lived here unless we went to a district system. Ross, I'd just like to interject, if I may. And I'd just like to point out that living in the uh, North End for 25 years is not a plan. It's not a plan for improving things. It's not a plan for listening. And so I think that's a clear difference between us. I've lived here for quite some time in Seattle, but I've walked the streets of the North End, 12,400 doors, 400 miles, three pairs of shoes. And I think that's a lot different than assuming that I know by virtue of having lived in a place for a period of time. And I'd, I'd also like to say, what's so interesting is the comparison between the two of us in terms of resumes. Deborah is incorrect when she says that I haven't been involved in government. Actually, of the two of us, I'm the only one that's ever been elected to public office. I was on the school board when I lived in Kirkland, Lake Washington School District. And I've also worked in the area of homelessness within government, in the area of marriage equality and changing laws, and the area of gun responsibility changing laws as well. So that's just, that's not really accurate. And I feel like I'm the one here that's actually presenting the plans to make the change. That's the difference between us. Well, I was going to wrap it up after Deborah's last remark, but since you interjected, Sandy, I will let Deborah have the last word, as I had intended in the first place. Well, Any response to what you just heard? Um, well, I think my response is this. It's, can I be philosophical for a moment? about instead of just the standard, these are the three reasons I'm running, this is why I'm different than Sandy Brown, this is my experience with 30 years of doing it in the private and public. I am now answering that proverbial question, who would you be and what would you do if you weren't afraid? And I'm doing that at this point in my life. Um, I want to run for city council. Um, I want to do good for my city. And I'm not afraid. And the time's right. 